New Jersey Globe Power Hour is on. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back. It's David Wildstein. I'm the editor of the New Jersey Globe. Doug Steinhardt is a former New Jersey Republican state chairman, and sometimes people forget this. He was a five-term mayor of Lopatcong, and I, I have a special affinity for, for former mayors. So, so, Mayor Steinhardt, how are you? Sir, I am well, thank you. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, the Republican primary is 17 days away. How do you handicap this race for governor? Look, it's shaping up for what most of us, I think, thought it would be. President Trump still has a, a strong following among a lot of New Jersey Republicans, and those votes are, are going to matter in June. But I think what needs to come out of this is, is a candidate who can pull the party together. That's going to be the biggest challenge, and, and it isn't an easy one. I know it firsthand for being state chairman. I know you know it firsthand, David. When Chris Christie won in '09, there were 300,000 fewer Democrats, and the governor won by just 70,000 votes, and he did it with some alliances that I don't think could be replicated in 2021. There's a million more Dems, and that's a big number, so we're going to need a strong, unifying message, Dave, when it gives 51% of New Jerseyans more hope than Phil Murphy and the Democrats can, or I think we're in trouble as a party. So I'm as anxious as you are to see what comes out of, of the June primary. And, and there are two debates coming up this week. They're between Jack Chitterelli and Hirsch Singh, two other candidates, Phil Rizzo, Brian Levine. They didn't qualify for the debate. So, so for Republican primary voters who are still undecided, what should they be watching for in these debates? Well, I, I think it goes back to what I just said. It's, it's the person that has the, 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 the strongest, most unifying message. we got to figure out how we cut into that million voter disparity and make sure that we can bring the party back together post-June. Uh, that's our biggest challenge. It's been our biggest challenge for a long time. It's certainly going to be our biggest challenge going into the November general election. And I'm speaking with former Republican State Chairman Doug Steinhardt. The, the latest Monmouth University poll put Governor Murphy's approvals at 57%, 66% of New Jerseyans think the governor's done a good job dealing with the pandemic. I, I, I know because I watch your, your Twitter account very carefully, you don't agree, but but what will New Jersey be, change their minds about him before November? Look, I, I, I personally believe it's a soft 60 percent. It's a soft 60 percent for this reason. New Jersey voters are, are a perennially tough crowd. They expect results. And they should for the outlandishly high taxes we all pay. For Murphy and, and for Joe Biden, the challenge is to maintain a strong economy statewide and nationally. Uh, if the economy's strong in October and New Jersey Republicans are still divided, we're going to have a tough time in November. But, you know, if the economy tanks, if Biden keep making, keeps making reckless decisions at the border, shutting down domestic pipelines in deference to, to Russian ones, I feel very confident that we can have a really great 2022. So, you know, a couple things have to align, but uh, I don't think anybody is, is immune uh, from the, the, the wrath of New Jersey voters. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's still a lot of runway between now and the November general election. And Chairman, I want to ask you about this is this is a local politics question for you. You you live in Lopatcong. Sure. It's it, Warren County's part of the seventh congressional district. Uh, yesterday, the Associated Press ran a story that that the Democratic congressman from that district, Tom Malinowski, profited off short sales of stocks. And, and some of those stocks involved virus tests and treatments and, and vaccines for, for COVID-19. Will this be an issue when he runs for re-election next year? It absolutely will be an issue. He didn't just profit, Dave. Congressman Malinowski broke the law. He failed to disclose up to $3.2 million in trades during the pandemic. As much as a million of those stocks were 
or in medical and tech companies that had a stake in the virus response, at least according to, to the analysis of the records by the AP. Uh, you know, when Tom Malinowski told the MSNBC, I think it was in April of 2020, that this isn't the time for people to be profiting off of selling ventilators, vaccines, drugs, uh, PPEs, anywhere in the world, I guess he didn't mean in, in the 7th Congressional District in the Malinowski, in the Malinowski household. Now his, um, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 please. Go. Oh, his, his broker said that all of these stock trades were made using publicly available information. They were done without Malinowski's input. Uh, do you think, could this be, could this be just, just, just the results of this as opposed to, to, to him, you know, taking advantage of inside information? Of course he did. Everybody blames their broker just like they always blame their lawyer. Look, Tom Malinowski won with the closest majority of victory uh, of any Democrat in the country. It was just a touch over 5,000 votes. It was 1%. Uh, and, you know, of course he blames his broker. But we got to remember, it, it's a question of control. And at the end of the day, he maintained control over all of his trades. He's offering a blind trust now uh, because he had control of them then. Look, either Tom Malinowski... Is the luckiest trader alive vis-a-vis TFF Pharmaceuticals, vis-a-vis Merck, vis-a-vis Kimco Realty. Uh, and every brokerage house in New Jersey should be offering Tom Malinowski a job tomorrow. Or he's a crook and a fraud uh, who got rich uh, on insider info from his elected office, and they all should run for the hills. So I would say this. If Tom Malinowski is listening to the Wildstein radio show today, call us tomorrow and let us know if he gets any job offers. Well, do you really think he, do you really think it's that bad? Do you really think he's I mean you that's serious. You said he was a crook. Do you think he's just I think it's worse could, than that. Could he just I be having does he that. just have a really good broker? I think it's worse than that. He's facing two complaints from independent ethics watchdogs filed against them with the Office of Congressional Ethics for failing to disclose his trading. Um the timing surrounding some of his trades are are dubious at best. He dumped stock the day or two days after he had a COVID, the first COVID briefing in Congress, and then he bought it back later for a profit. Um, But I don't think that's the worst of it. Look, he was betting against America. And that's sick. It should make people want to retch, vomit. He continues to engage in the same ethically questionable trading practices, selling short American companies. Tom Malinowski went to Congress to fight for economic recovery and job growth, and he's financially invested in America's failure. It's morally and fundamentally wrong. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, over a year ago, uh, another Democratic member of Congress from New Jersey, Mikey Sherrill, uh, she, she proactively announced that she, she would no longer trade stocks, that, that she had converted her entire portfolio to, to what's called exchange traded funds, and that, that mm-hmm. eliminated any possibility of a, of a conflict of interest. Should that be the norm? Should every member of Congress do that? Look, lots of people are talking about alternatives now. Tom Malinowski himself is, you know, offering up solutions. You know, it's law school 101. The cover-up's always worse than the crime, which is why I said he's running out to offer now blind trusts and other ways to avoid, you know, having gotten caught for what he did. And remember, you know, (laughs) this came up months ago, uh, but the issue then uh, was simply the fact that he had failed to file you know, now the bigger question is, why did he fail to file? Uh, and it looks like he failed to file because he had things to hide. You know, obviously, we could sit here, you and I, Dave, and come up with a laundry list of things that, that Congress could do uh, to improve its public image. Uh, avoiding situations like these, you know, with insider trading is just one. So what do you think happens now in this 7th District? You, you know, obviously, this this 
this this will be an issue whether you know that'll be up to the voters to decide how seriously they place it but but mm-hmm. this seat as it sits right now understanding that the boundaries could change uh how do you as a republican party leader in warren county feel about the prospects of picking this seat up um i felt great about it uh six eight months ago in, in november of 2020 and i feel even better about it sitting here talking to you in may uh, of 2021 and we still got a lot of time between now and the november 2022 election i think the biden midterms are already uh starting to to take shape uh as the president continues to make one gaffe after another uh and you know from our perspective you know from my perspective sitting uh here in warren county looking at the 17th congressional district as you say waiting to see what redistricting looks like uh you know we're just going to continue to do what i think we've done for a long time which is to, to deliver uh strong positive messaging maintain that conservative message point out the freedoms that are being challenged every day by the left uh, and getting behind a candidate that we are confident uh, can deliver strong Republican representation to the folks who need it in the seventh congressional district. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I think I sort of know what your response is going to be, but I'll ask the question anyway. Uh, who should that candidate be to run against Tom Malinowski? Well, listen, it, it's a, it's early in the process. Uh, I think it's that's what I thought you were going to say. Soon. That's what I thought you were going to say. But uh, you know, I was a Tom Kane. Uh, I was a Tom Kane supporter in 2020. Uh, you know, but it's it's a little early, and we got to wait to see what the field looks like. But Tom has 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 traditionally had uh, the best interest of this district in heart. He's had the best district of his Senate colleagues in heart. Uh, and uh, I think we just got to wait and see how things play out. Uh, but I know there are a lot of people out there working uh, who uh, think they have a path to victory uh, in 2022. So if, you know, and, and, and we're speaking hypothetically because Senator Kane has, you know, as I understand it, has not made a final decision. Do you do you if he were to call you today and say, you know, Chairman Steinhardt, what do you think I should do? Should he run again, given the, the closeness of the race last time? Oh, look, I'm not going to. It's hard to answer a hypothetical question, Dave. That's a question that the Kane family has to answer for themselves. I thought he laid great a, a great foundation uh, in 2020. Uh, for the office then, and I think there, it, it is not difficult for someone to pick up where they left off uh, just eight months ago uh, and looking at the office in 2022. And as I said, uh, running against somebody like Tom Malinowski, whose record is is uh, continuing to erode, uh, just leaves a path for some a strong candidate like Tom to be successful. And 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 and. and- I, we're, we're going to talk, I want to talk to you more about some, some local races in New Jersey when, when we get back from the break. Sure. But, but I've seen, uh, I saw a poll this week. It was done by Politico, uh, about potential candidates for, uh, president in 2024. 50% of New, of Republicans nationally think former President Trump should run again. Do you, do you think that's viable? Should he consider running? Again, hard to answer hypothetical questions. You know, I, I think uh, the president still has a strong uh, group of supporters here in New Jersey, uh, evidenced by uh, the response to the gubernatorial candidates. And I'm curious to see that how that plays out in June. But, uh, you know, he continues to to um, do things and say things that make it sound like he's uh, strongly considering doing that again. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But right now I am firmly focused on the June primaries, not just in my own county, uh, but with friends and candidates around the state as well as in the gubernatorial and doing what we can to make sure that we have a Republican governor come November. Understood. Doug Steinhardt, former Republican state chairman, has generously agreed to to stay on and talk a little bit more about New Jersey politics. So we'll be back uh, in three minutes. This is David Wildstein, and you're listening to the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
The following is a paid political announcement. Last year, Phil Murphy gave us the biggest property tax increase in a decade during a pandemic. I'm Jack Chitterelli, Republican candidate for governor. I've built two businesses here in New Jersey, creating jobs, opportunity, and community. This is where my wife, Melinda, and I raised our four children. New Jersey's my home and yours. But sadly, New Jersey's broken. It's broken because of Phil Murphy's failed leadership, and he just continues to make things worse. Leaving thousands of veterans and seniors dead in nursing homes because of his devastating COVID policies. Destroying our small businesses with his extended lockdowns. Raising our taxes while adding billions in new spending. He even said, if taxes are your issue, then New Jersey's probably not your state. you got to be kidding me. Who says that? Taxes are our issue. And Phil Murphy shouldn't be our governor. New Jersey can do better. With Republican Jack Chitterelli as governor, we will. Paid for by Chitterelli for Governor, Inc. P.O. Box 427, Somerville, New Jersey. When it comes to autism, finding the right words can be tough. Finding community in these challenging times doesn't have to be. Join us, even virtually, to move together towards a kinder world for the millions of people on the autism spectrum. Find out how at autismspeaks.org slash together. Hey, cousins, it's the Saturday Night Rock and Roll Party <laughs> with me. I'm your cousin, Brucey. It's today. Go on the air at 6 o'clock right here on Music Radio 77 WABC. You can also hear Cousin Brucey on WABCradio.com. Music Radio 77 WABC presents Saturday Nights with Tony Orlando. Every Saturday at 10 p.m. Hi, everybody. This is Tony Orlando. Three times on the ceiling if you want me. Big guests and great music from the 60s, 70s, and so much more. Saturday Nights were made for Music Radio 77 WABC and Tony Orlando. Every Saturday at 10 p.m., right after Cousin Brucie on Music Radio 77 WABC. Follow us on Twitter at 77 WABC Radio. And everyone else reacts. And listen live at WABCRadio.com. It's a mystery. It's an enigma wrapped in a mystery. An American original. 100% Talk Radio 77 WABC. And WABCRadio.com. The latest news, behind-the-scenes videos. Get it all now. Like 77 WABC on Facebook. WABC. The New Jersey Globe Power Hour is on. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome back. It's David Wildstein, and I'm speaking with Doug Steinhardt, the former Republican state chairman. Uh, chairman Steinhardt, you, I want to talk to you about some of the primaries that are coming up next week at the legislative level. So so one of them that you're watching closely is in Monmouth County. Uh, Monmouth County Republicans denied party support for Assemblywoman Serena DeMasso to run for a third term. You have endorsed Assemblywoman DeMasso for re-election. What happened there? What, what caused her to lose party support? Uh, I'm not going to speculate as to what caused her to lose party support. Uh, I will tell you why I stand with Serena, though. Look, no secret, I am a big fan of Assemblywoman DeMasso. She's a strong fighter for so many of the basic freedoms that are under attack. 
from the left, fair elections, the Second Amendment, medical freedom, and she's stuck by President Trump. Unfortunately for her, the price she's paying for being a strong woman with a strong voice is the same price that a disproportionate number of strong women in Monmouth County, uh, i.e. Jen Beck, Carolyn Casagrande, Mary Pat Angelini, all paid. Uh, their party abandoned them. I'm standing with Serena DeMasso because New Jersey needs more strong women leaders, not less. And what do you think? I mean, running off the line is is very, very difficult. And there's 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 not that many examples of, of people running off the line and winning a primary. How do you handicap her chances? I don't handicap her chances. Serena's a fighter. She's going to work hard. I know she's been working hard. Uh, she's got a good team around her. Uh, I, I don't expect that she will give up. Uh, running against lines are difficult. I get that. Uh, and we're seeing people push back against lines all over the place because uh, they get used in interesting ways sometimes. But I haven't. I, that doesn't take anything away from Serena as a candidate. I don't take anything away from her as an individual. Uh, and I'm quite confident she'll fight right up till uh, the time people head to the polls uh, on, on, on the June election day. So between now and then, I, I wouldn't uh, count her out of this race. Uh, she will work hard right up to the final hour. And... Republicans are defending two seats where the incumbents are are retiring. Chris Brown in Atlantic County, uh, Kit Bateman sure. in Somerset County. These are these are these are swing districts. These are these are tough. I mean, do you what are you hearing from Atlantic County on the first of all on the on the Senate primary between Vince Palestina and, and Seth Grossman? Sure. Look, I, I know both. I, I've known Vince for a long time. I've known Seth. Uh, as both an attorney and as a candidate. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's a strong Trump district. It's got a strong Trump vibe. Uh, you know, Chris Brown did a great job when he was in the state Senate, uh, but there's now a void to be filled. Uh, it comes back to what we talked about right at the top of, uh, of our segment, Dave, and that is, you know, we've got to work hard to get the party together. Uh, we need to bring Republicans under uh, that big tent, that big umbrella, and we all need to be working hard for our for our candidates to make sure that we can hold on to those seats come November. But, uh, you know, as I said, I've known Vince a long time. I've known the people working for him. Uh, I'm anxious to see what, what plays out in, down in Atlantic County. And the same thing holds true uh, up in Senator Bateman's district. You know, Somerset County is a county that uh, has, you know, over the years uh, moved a little bit further to the left side. But uh, there are some there are some great, strong uh, Republicans in Somerset County. Uh, and, you know, there's some new leadership now with Chairman House. So uh, I, I would like to think that uh, with a new candidate uh, and the uh, the good work and the legacy that Kit Bateman's left in Somerset County, that we have a real possibility of holding on to that seat. So the Republican candidate there is Mike Pappas, who who was a one term congressman and, and he's been out of office 23 years. Uh, I have to tell you, a lot of people dismissing Mike Pappas, saying Andrew Zwicker's strong, that district has become Democratic. But but I think back to to the 80s and 90s, Mike Pappas had some pretty strong skills as a candidate. Do those do those skills, does that natural instinct on how to campaign, do they hold? I think they do. Uh, Mike's got a great personality. Uh, he's another that, that has honed a strong Republican message, which I think uh, in this instance is talking about getting people back to work, making the country stronger, uh, you know, getting people back on their feet. Uh, I don't think you can count Mike Pappas out at all. Uh, you know, uh, I know uh, Mr. Zwecker from his from his legislative record, uh, but I know um, 
Mr. Pappas from from his uh, congressional record uh, and from his record as a, as a candidate. He's a strong, hard uh, campaigner, and as I said before, I think that uh, with a good organization behind him, uh, with a good unified Republican Party, that's a seat that we that we can hold. And. I mean, what about the 26th district? There's a there's a tough primary there. They created a line for the first time. Betty Ludacris running off the line. It's 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 quite a quite a battle going on there. What do you what are you what are you seeing? What are you hearing in the 26th? You know, that's an interesting one to me. Uh, the first thing that I think we all got to take into consideration is it's a first year line, so it's it's it'll be interesting to see how it how it holds up. Uh, you know, being tested the first time and being tested in such a strong way. There are interesting battle lines that are drawn there. Uh, you know, the building trades play uh, a super strong role in a lot of elections around the state. Uh, and Pat Delacava and the IBW, you know, have, have honed a, quite a, a presence up there, uh, especially in 26. So, you know, but Betty Lou was, was traditionally uh, a building trades uh, candidate. They had always rallied behind her. So it's just extremely interesting dynamic. Add that to the fact that Jay Weber just always runs strong in the 26th legislative district. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I, I would not want to have to, uh, to hedge my career on handicapping what goes on in 26. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, they'll be well served by any of the three folks that are in the race. And and I, I think back to, you know, you know, uh, you, you had you had several successes when you were Republican state chairman. I don't uh, I, I don't I don't I don't think. I don't. Th- I don't think you'll disagree with me in saying your your number one success was was Mike Testa picking up the Senate seat in District One. And I love that, Mike Testa, by the way. I, I know. I know. And you you were. I mean, I you know, you and I used to joke about about the the frequent flyer miles between Warren County and Cumberland County. But but Testa seems to have in two years uh, emerged as a real Republican leader and and. Uh, do you think that seat is safe for him in the general? Do you think he is? Uh, do you think in just two years he has taken the seat that that Jeff Van Drew held for seventeen years uh, between the Assembly and the Senate? Is is this now a Republican district? Why I respect Mike Testa as much as I do is because he will never go to sleep at night thinking that that seat is safe. Uh, he goes to sleep at night trying to figure out what he needs to do the next day to to make things better for the folks in his legislative district, and he gets up the next day and he works to enact them. Uh, that's why Mike Testa's record is as strong as he is. That's why his tentacles are extending as far as they are, and that's why you know he's crafted uh, or or you know forged the path that he's forging down there, and he's and he's emerging as a strong Republican leader. You know, Mike Testa is a hard worker. Uh, Mike Testa is a friend. Mike Testa has been an ally and a confidant of mine, uh, and I am to him. Uh, you know, those are the type of people that I think are the future of the Republican Party. Folks that that are not be afraid to stand behind their message. They're proud of who they are and what they believe in. Uh, and I think you know we're fortunate to have a lot of people like that around the state. Uh, and it's why I think that, you know, the, the prospects for the state party are good. Are good. The, uh, this is David Wildstein. I'm the editor of the New Jersey Globe. I've been speaking with Republican State Chairman Doug Steinhardt. Chairman, thank you for coming on. 